0: It is so good to be back. Thank you so much for joining us for the return of In the Red Zone, the exclusive podcast of the RVA Sports Network. I'll try to shake some of the rust off. It's been, wow, a long, long time since we have had a chance to talk to each other. Rob Witham, along with you, thanks so much for joining us. And thank you for your patience. We were hoping... Uh, to drop this on Sunday, and, and it, a myriad of just negative things happened late Sunday as we were literally ready to press play and press recording and, and go on our merry way, including forgetting the fact that when you don't use a software system for maybe a year, they might have a couple of updates. <laughs> and so my, my Adobe Creative Cloud was updating over and over, and but we're all set and ready to go now on this edition of In the Red Zone as we get back into hopefully the swing of things. We're going to be talking about the regional changes in the Virginia High School League's makeup for the next two years. We had an extensive article that's still up online at our website, rvasportsnetwork.com, that talks about it at length. But I want to touch on some of the highlights of it in case you have not read that article to give you an idea of what to expect as we move into this fall. We're also going to be talking about uh, some of the things about the football schedule that I'm very excited about some of the changes coming to our coverage uh, of high school football this year, most notably on the radio. But today we start, unfortunately, with what kind of ended everything for us. Back in March of 2020, we had to go on pause. And and then since then, back in uh, January of this year, when we started to get some limited action back going, we had the uh, abbreviated football season in the spring most teams were able to play their five games. Um, you know, We had a couple of teams that missed some games due to COVID. Obviously, you know the big story, Manchester having to end their season early in the postseason uh, due to uh, COVID-19 concerns. And as time went on, it, it looked like things were going to get better and better. And, and I'll paint a picture for you here real quick. Um, for several months, beginning around Christmas and up until a hospitalization in May, I was fighting, well, something I didn't know I was, we couldn't figure out what it was. It turned out being a a severe case of gastritis with a very bad infection. And so I spent four days with our friends over at Memorial Regional Medical Center, and they do top-notch work. We love them. Um, And in those four days was when the mask mandate of sorts was lifted. If you'll recall, the late afternoon press conference with President Biden and, you know, people were symbolically taking off their masks and outside we were good and inside you still had to. And, you know, the push for vaccination continued as it does. And I have to be honest with you, laying there in the bed that afternoon. And that was like the third day I was there. So I was starting to feel a little bit better, but still wasn't the happiest in the world. Trust me. Um, I thought to myself, I'm not so sure this is the right move to make right now. Uh, Because at that point, the Delta variant was lurking, but it had not really, its tentacles really hadn't caught into uh, the American population. It had caused problems in other nations. Um, So I was a little concerned about that ironically i got my second covid shot the day i left the hospital it was originally scheduled for that day and so a couple of weeks later is the end of may and end of may june into july i would go to say the grocery store and it, it would be kind of liberating to not have a mask on because i knew i was vaccinated now the delta variant has raged and if you'll recall when we talked about this so much uh back in the Spring, summer, and especially early fall of 2020, I I told you back then and I'll tell you now, the number one number, if you are an athlete, a student athlete, and you're concerned about having your entire season able to be played, the number one statistic you should be paying attention to is positivity rate. And the positivity rate, we had it back down as low as three percent just a couple of months ago, and it's now back up over five. Five's the point where you go, uh. And the last time I checked, I believe it was it's here in Virginia, it was six point one percent. Obviously, it varies from state to state. But here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, at last check it was at six point one. And that is cause for some concern. We've seen the stories about, I believe they're up to fifteen cases. Of COVID-19 throughout Hopewell City Schools who returned to school a week ago Monday Um, we've got Louisa County Schools going back a week from tomorrow as I record this or Wednesday the 11th of August and a couple of schools in Chesterfield of course have this pilot program the elementary schools uh, where they're uh, testing year-round schooling so they're back into session is this going to affect fall sports We're hoping not right now everything is all systems go teams are practicing football some began practicing late last week many began on monday and continue this week and field hockey and cross country and uh, volleyball joined them this week as well and we're cautiously optimistic that we're going to be able to to get the seasons in but let me just say a couple of things number one i know and i don't know why uh, I, I know the entire issue of the vaccines has been weaponized uh, politically uh, in, in ways I just could never have dreamed of. And it's sad. It's sad for our nation because we need to be able to have the utmost confidence in the people who are in charge from a health situation. And, and, and that's, that's been damaged over the last 18 months I can only tell you what I've seen, what I've read, what I know, and what I've had from personal experience. If you are hesitant about the vaccine, I once was hesitant too. Uh, when you have something that gets emergency authorization but doesn't get full approval from the Food and Drug Administration, of course there's a possibility that there could be something there that they miss that will only discover as the sample size goes exponentially bigger. It does not seem to have done that, even with the stories here of the breakthrough vaccinations, those are really not surprising. Those of you who get the flu shot every year, uh, it's not 100% that you're not going to get the flu. Okay? It, the, the chances of it happening are very, very small, but it still could occur. And that's what's happening among the vaccinated right now. If you look at it from a percentage standpoint, it's an extremely small percentage. So you are much safer with a vaccine as opposed to uh, without. And so I got my first shot in the middle of April. Uh, I chose the Moderna vaccine and I got the second one exactly 30 days later uh, on the 15th of May. Uh, But as of... I want to say last Friday, maybe Saturday, I started wearing a mask indoors in public again. If I went to the grocery store, I've got my mask back on, even though I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, because I don't know if I come in contact with someone who is positive, has COVID-19, I can still get those cells, you know, in my, in my mouth, in my saliva, et cetera, whatnot, whatnot and i can pass it along even though i'm vaccinated to someone unvaccinated if i'm in close proximity so if i'm going to be really close to a whole lot of people outdoors i would probably now go ahead and start wearing a mask again but i'm much more liable of doing it indoors if you haven't gotten the vaccine yet can i encourage you to do so in the sense that it will and here's the most important part Uh, it's overwhelmingly true right now based on the data that we have that if you have the vaccine and you catch COVID-19, your symptoms will be far, far lesser than there would be if you did not have the vaccine. Look at Rich Eisen, host from NFL Network. Uh, He just dealt with the Delta variant and was very upfront about it on his uh, Facebook, on his uh, Twitter feed, I mean, and on his Instagram. And if you don't follow Rich, You should go do it or find him and read what's happened to him the last two weeks. I think for those of you hesitant about the vaccine, it will open your eyes about what protection it can provide you, even if you become a breakthrough patient. Now, if the rates continue to go up, my concerns are not as much that we would be seeing games postponed or things called off a la march of 2020 it would be more of a sense of our teams having a uh, doing a good job creating a bubble so that they don't have a mass outbreak of COVID-19 on their team Uh, those are the the issues the other issue that I'm concerned about is fans being allowed in the stands in the in you know coming two games live right now it looks good but if this Delta variant Continues to get worse, and the positivity re- rate goes seven, eight, nine, uh, And definitely, if it goes double digits, we've got issues. We've got serious issues. So we are doing everything we can to keep you posted across our Twitter network. And if need be, we'll post updates on rvasportsnetwork.com as to how the latest numbers from the B.D.H. and any pronouncements uh, from either local officials or, more importantly, the governor's office may affect what we hope uh, will be a regular, as best as we can have regular in this particular time frame of history, uh, fall sports season, which gets underway officially on Monday, several golf matches going on next week. And then uh, some of the football teams are going to start scrimmaging next week uh mostly on friday i think a few may be doing some on thursday as well Uh, but do your part this pandemic is far from over okay do your part especially if you have a student athlete in your home or if you are a student athlete whatever your coach tells you to do in terms of staying safe and trying to keep covid 19 from affecting your team and your schedule and your year make sure you heed what they say Okay, and we, of course, will keep you posted as much as we possibly can, as we have done uh, here on this podcast since the beginning of the pandemic. And some of you may be wondering, so what happened to the podcast? Well, twofold. Number one, we got to a point where there was just simply from what we do and what we normally discuss on this broadcast, which is predominantly covering high school as well as some college sports here in the Richmond area. There simply wasn't anything happening. Add that to the sale of uh, the former radio station that we worked with for nearly two decades WHAN and Ashland 1029 the Mater Uh, with that being sold and taken over by another company last October uh, it gave us a chance to pause and it gave me a chance to kind of pause and we've been in rethink mode ever since Uh, we were happy to be able to bring you uh, coverage on social media Uh, Of the abbreviated basketball and football seasons and uh, the other fall sports that we're able to get in during the spring, as well as the abbreviated but very exciting spring season, which we were happy to have. Uh, We put live broadcast on the back burner uh, until we could just kind of navigate these waters and get this particular season in. And then we would, you know, drop back and think a bit and then come out of the huddle, hopefully fresh and new and ready to go. And this podcast is step one uh, in that process. So we'll be back with podcasts every week on Sundays, special ones if needed. And we're working on the possibility of some other projects as well. This dovetails nicely into the biggest change to our high school football coverage in 2021. And that is we have a new radio home. If you have not seen us talk about it on social media, all of our high school football games on Friday nights this fall, and going forward, we'll be heard live on Rejoice 101.3. That's WREJ Radio, 990 on the AM dial and uh, 101.3 on the FM dial. Jim Jacobs, the owner, Radio Richmond LLC, a locally owned broadcasts uh, outlet that's almost impossible to find these days. Uh, they have been very welcoming, uh, not just to the RBA Sports Network and our coverage of high school football, but... Coverage of randolph making College Football as well as it will be moving to Rejoice 101.3. So if you haven't seen the tweets already asking you to do so, make sure the next time you get in your car, get one of those presets out. You're like, I never use preset number six. What, what should I do with that? Now, I got an answer for you. 101.3 on the FM dial. That's where you want it to be. And then on Friday nights, on the way to your game, you can catch our pregame show at 630. And then Friday nights as you're leaving your game, you can catch the RVA Sports Network scoreboard show after our game uh, to get all the scores and all the big news from the Friday night of action. And before this podcast is over, we will announce our first broadcast of the year. That will be an online exclusive at rbasportsnetwork.com. On Thursday night, August 26th, this coming Sunday on the next edition of In the Red Zone, we will announce our first radio game, which will be on Friday night, August the 27th. And for those of you who participated in the poll on Twitter over the weekend as to what location we should be going to on Thursday the 26th, appreciated the spirited discussion there. And schools and uh, coaches and students and principals getting involved in 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 trying to win that poll that poll was won by the deep run mechanics field game i believe it garnered 46 percent of the vote the other two games atlee hosting henrico and lc bird hosting james river weren't too far behind in fact it was a three-way tie for a long time until a late push from wildcat nation gave them the win we will tell you in just a few moments where will we be where we will be broadcasting from come the 26th, just over three weeks from now so while we're on the subject of football a few thoughts uh, about the upcoming season thought number one it is almost impossible to be able to get a good gauge on where the city schools are going to be when they take the field for their openers coming up before the end of the month Simply because not only did they not play like everybody else in the fall of 2020, they opted out in the spring of 2021. The Richmond City Public Schools, the student athletes there lost an entire academic year of action. Nobody played any sport. So for Thomas Jefferson and John Marshall and Armstrong and George Wythe and Huguenot, when they take the field for the first time, it'll be their first games in nearly 22 months. And the last time they played, the seniors today were sophomores, the juniors were freshmen, and the sophomores were eighth graders. So it, I, I feel as if that the, the the teams in the city of Richmond are going to be really behind the eight ball to start the year, if for no other reason than just kind of getting things back going. It's kind of like if you've had a car. How many of you had a car that suddenly really wasn't being used by the family very much during the pandemic because, you know, it was used for trips to the store or over here, or over there, take garbage to the dump, you know, older car. And, and you weren't doing all these things because you couldn't go out. And, the, and then one day you decided, you know, we really need to start the, the truck over there and you try it and the battery's dead. Because it's just been sitting for so long, it, it needs a reboost, a restart. And, and, and I feel like that it's going to be kind of like pressing the reset button for those five schools. So I'm really rooting for them to be able uh, to do that quickly. You know, Thomas Jefferson had a fantastic season in 2019. Huguenot has shown signs. John Marshall has shown signs. We're really rooting for George Wythe. Um, and, and it's just going to be really, really interesting to see how they're able to navigate the, 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 the storms of the early part of the season having not played for the better part of two years. Huguenot just getting their new head coach and former James Riverhead, James Riley. We welcome Coach Riley to the Falcons. They got a lot of work to do in just a few weeks before they have Louisa in for their season opener at home Friday, August the 27th. So the, the first thing I'm looking at early this year is how did the city schools fare early on after literally being down for the better part of two years okay second thing I'm looking at is will there be a changing of the guard in the west end of Henrico County deep run surged the last few years but deep run lost a lot to graduation uh, this past spring so did they leave the cupboard bare uh, when Chad Hornick left at the end of the season Um, the the new coach who I can't wait to meet who came from a district? Cannot wait to meet Coach Joe, and, and to talk to him. Uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, don't you don't write off Deep Run. They may have had a lot, a lot, may have lost a lot to graduation, but there's still a lot there in the cupboard, and I'm certainly hoping so. I'm a firm believer that the better all teams are in the area, the better the quality of our football is, and the better chances we have as an 804 uh, to win at the state level. And yes, to me, it's important. Certainly, it's not the be-all and end-all to any sport that we cover. We want the lessons that each uh, student-athlete, you know, what they learn as a student-athlete that will help them go forward throughout their adult life and and to their children and to their children's children. That's what we're most, you know, interested in. But we don't mind celebrating a state championship with a team in the 804 either, that's for sure, in any sport, not just football. But, um, you know, Tucker, will they or won't they get a chance to play at home this year? They got seven games scheduled on the road. Don't know if that's going to be ready for 2021. They may have to wait for 2022. But it is a beautiful sight coming around that curve on Parham Road, seeing uh, the, the new school really almost taking complete shape. Hopefully we'll be done and ready for opening day here in about a month for all students. Hermitage with the sudden resignation of David Bedwell. Uh, the the good news is there is some uh, there is some continuity there with uh, the assistant coach, Coach Timothy. Um, he, he's been there for many years. He's, he's worked under Kane. He worked under Bedwell. He knows the program. He knows the system. He's seen the ups. He's seen the downs. And I'm hoping that they will not have a 2018 and 2021. I'm hoping that they'll build on the success of the spring season uh, that saw Nigel James run wild on everybody and now he's off to college. Congratulations to the second winner of the Mark L. Fisher Player of the Year Award. Um, but uh, you know, Hermitage is going to be in play, no doubt about that. Douglas Freeman is always in play with Coach Bland. So they're, they're going to be in the mix. They have a very, very intriguing opener home to Prince George, uh, a team who, you know, had a lot of success in the spring season and got very little publication for it. They got the four seed in uh, what used to be Class 5 Region B. Uh, they'll be in the new Region C with a bunch of other schools this year, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but what about Glen Allen? I, I, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing some pretty exciting things about Coach Perry Jones and his Jaguars over on Staples Mill Road. I think they could have something to say this year about what happens in uh, Region 5C, and they'll get an early chance to prove it. They open hosting Matoica, and then they have to go to Verina, who, of course, begins their new era in Class 4, Region B, one of four Richmond area schools to drop down from Class 5 uh, to Class 4. So second storyline I'm looking at is the West End of Henrico. The third one I'm looking at is the Dominion District. And I know that district, you know, there is no district championship, blah, blah, blah. That, none of that matters. But they're still used for the preponderance of your schedule. And we saw some interesting things happen in the, in the shortened spring season. Uh, I'm keeping my eye heavy on Powhatan. Uh, they've had now a, a season and a half to adjust to life in the Dominion District. And I think that they are going to be a very interesting team to watch in Class 4, Region B. You've got Manchester, obviously the cream of the crop when it comes to Dominion District play. And monakin just behind them. Uh, how much did those two schools lose to graduation? Monacan, um, excuse me, Manchester moving back up to Class 6 this year after a two-year stint in Class 5. How will they respond getting back into postseason Uh, play uh, you know having to worry about the likes of Thomas Dale and Oscar Smith as opposed to the last couple of years for Rhina and Highland Springs but after Manchester and Monacan who's in that Dominion district Uh, Powhatan uh, I'm really looking at them Clover Hill uh, slipped a bit in the spring but had a great 2019 Midlothian has come along Friday nights at Pote Stadium this fall gonna be fun can L.C. Bird bounce back? When will the Skyhawks be back to being the Skyhawks? Again, the more teams we have who are good in our area, the better the football is for everybody. So we need an L.C. Bird to, to get back up and running. Um, that, that's going to be a very interesting scenario on Friday nights as to which of the teams kind of seizes the bull by the horn, so to speak, and can pull off, uh, let's say, a 7-1 and one mark in Dominion District play which if you do that you you're setting yourself up very well whether you're Manchester in six whether you are Cloverhill or Midlothian in five whether you're Powhatan in four Monakin in four uh, you know can you get business done against your week-to-week rivals and can one of the other uh, classic schools James River or Cosby turn things around and get back to winning ways so a lot of questions with Dominion District Schools this year. Uh, and then to me, the biggest storyline of the year is going to be the emergence of Class 4 being what we talk about more than, in, this, in this area, I think, than Class 5. And that will lead us to our region discussion in a moment, which will help you understand why I've, I feel that way when it comes to the sport of football this fall. Uh, really short here, uh, Class 4 Region B will have 17 schools. Most of them from the Richmond area and a few of them from just outside the area that we have gotten to know very well over the last few years in covering this region, the Eastern Views and the King Georges. Um, it's going to be a dogfight to get one of those eight spots. Meanwhile, in Class 5, Region C, and you're going, what are you saying C for, Rob? Again, we'll explain in a moment. As for Class 5, Region C... You know, you've got Highland Springs, you've got Hermitage, you don't have Verina anymore, you don't have Henrico, Matoica, and Atlee anymore. Manchester moved up from five to six. So you've got Highland Springs and Prince George, the two teams left in the region that made the postseason in the spring. And then you have uh, all the Class 5 West End teams, you know, the Glen Allens, Deep Runs, J.R. Tucker, Douglas Freeman, Hermitage, uh, what's going to happen there? Will Highland Springs run away with that particular region in the regular season? Their strength of schedule is just unbelievable. And if they go even 9-1, and one, I think they would be a very hard team. You're going to be very hard-pressed to, you know, to, to wrestle the number one seed away from them. Uh, but Highland Springs loses a couple maybe then things could be open for one of those what if a west end team can sweep its rivals kind of in the colonial kind of like what we just talked about in the dominion let's say a hermitage or a glen allen or a deep run they're able to beat all their rivals over there in the west end and pick up a couple of wins elsewhere early on non-conference wise would it be enough to overcome say an eight and two highland springs team from the point standpoint remains to be seen but 4B, and we'll, again, we'll talk about its population in a moment, is so stacked. I think that we're going to be spending more time analyzing region 4B this year than we will be 5C. So And there are several different games coming up on the, on the platform on the, uh, on the schedule that I'm very excited about and very, very intrigued with. Um, and we'll get into those as we get further into the month of August and closer to the regular season. But there are three games on thursday night the 26th and then there are 23 games scheduled for friday night the 27th and one big one scheduled for the 28th that's saturday that is the home opener for the new Crider stadium at highland springs as they'll be taking on the julius chambers cougars out of north carolina i've seen two start times for the game we haven't currently posted on our website is kicking off at 3 p.m and we will be there live on twitter at Henrico Sports, giving you tweet-by-tweet uh, pl- uh, tweet tweet and play-by-play play updates from that one. But we'll be broadcasting live on Rejoice101.3, as well as Sportsnetwork.com on Friday night, the 27th, and we'll announce that game on next Sunday's podcast, this coming Sunday the 8th. Right now, it's time to tell you which of the three games we have selected to do our first broadcast of 2021. And it will be exclusively online at rvasportsnetwork.com. Airtime will be 6.45 on Thursday night, the 26th of August. Now, the nominees were James River at LC Bird, Mechanicsville a Deep Run, and Henrico at Atlee. And our decision has been made, and we are happy to announce that the first RVA Sports Network High school broadcast of the 2021-2022 season will be the Deep Run Wildcats hosting the Mechanicsville Mustangs. And that again will be at 645 live at rvasportsnetwork.com with kickoff at 7 p.m. A new era begins at Deep Run High School, and we are excited to be there for that. Now, where will we be the next night for our radio debut on Rejoice 101.3? There are several great games to consider. We mentioned a moment ago, Prince George at Douglas Freeman. That's a very intriguing opener. In uh, Class 5 Region C, another one is uh, um, from Glen Allen's standpoint, Matoica at Glen Allen. Remember, Matoaka moved down from 5 to 4, so it'll be their debut in uh, Class 4 Region B. Uh, Huguenot opens against Louisa at home. We mentioned that earlier. Thomas Dale and Cosby have their usual Week 1 tussle up in Class 6. King William at Goochland is a scary good game early on for opening night there on the 27th as well. And if you look on our website, you're going to see a few games each week that are posted on the schedule between teams that aren't necessarily considered members of the 804 or part of our regular RVA sphere. But what they are are games involving schools. In regions to where those schools are going to be integral in terms of whether your team makes the playoffs or not, especially uh, the the schools down in region, uh, class four region B, Uh, again, King George, Eastern View, Culpeper and and so many others that we'll be talking about so we're going to have them on our scoreboard we're going to have them on our schedule so you can keep pace with them because one of those teams could cost your school the playoff bid uh or you know they could upset somebody and help you make the postseason as time goes on so let's talk about the changes shall we the virginia high school league every two years Has to shuffle around some schools because, and you ask yourself, well, why do they do this every two years? Simple. It's called enrollment. Enrollment sizes change at every school every year. On top of that, every year, there's usually at least one new school that opens in the area. Uh, Usually it's in Northern Virginia. Uh, We haven't had a new school open in Richmond since Glen Allen in the fall of 2010. So it's been over a decade since we've had a new school open in the Richmond area. And there are currently no new schools on the docket as well. But in Loudoun County, Virginia, they seem to add one every year. So you have to recalibrate based on enrollment. Because again, the reason why they did the massive reclassification in 2013 was to create six classes rather than three groups. It used to be Group AAA, Group AA, Group A. They got rid of that so that hopefully when we got to the postseason, schools of similar enrollments would be playing each other in the postseason and it would be more fair and equitable, as opposed to, if you'll remember, Hanover High School during the Sam Rogers era uh, a decade ago. They made the state semifinals two years in a row in Group AAA, but then they faced schools with an enrollment size of nearly 1,000 students more than them in South County in 2011 and Stonebridge in 2012. Had that Hanover team played in 2013-2014 instead of 2011 and 2012, it's a very good possibility that they would have won a state championship had they been able to play schools of similar size. May have. That's all what if and in the, in the past, and we can... You know, play that what-if game until, you know, it's the same thing as who's the GOAT, Jordan or LeBron. We could play that all day, too. So, having said all that, they make the adjustments, and occasionally you'll see a school move from one classification to another, either up because their enrollment is larger, or down because their enrollment may be smaller, or it could be a case of a few schools elsewhere in the state whose enrollment has jumped you, They now have more students than you do, even though you have gained some students. They've gained a lot more. So they move into a class, and you move down a class. So we start with Class 6. The only change was the move up from Manchester, and Tallwood moved down to Class 5. So Class 6 Region A is still 11 teams. And the only difference is Tallwood out, Manchester in. And in the area, the four schools in Class 6 Region A, cosby manchester james river thomas dale who else of course franklin county is out there the outlier by themselves outside of roanoke and then you have the oscar smiths and the ocean lakes and landstown and kellum and western branch and they all are powerful in in various different sports but um Manchester now with a with a chance to to make some hay in class six but you know Oscar Smith right now is on an absolute tear and they will be the team to beat in that region until somebody finally knocks them off now in class 5 why am I calling it class 5 region C well the answer is simple the number excuse me of schools in class 5 down in the uh, Tidewater area pardon me for a moment gotta <coughs> lubricate the voice it's been a long time since I talked this long consecutively um, there are so many schools in Tidewater now in the class 5 classification they had to split them into two regions so now class 5 regions A and B are all Tidewater schools class 5 region C is now the metro Richmond area Class 5 Region D are those schools in Class 5 throughout the rest of the state, including Stonebridge, for example, including our PH of Roanoke and Massaponics and Riverside. There's no new team in this region, okay, in the sense that all 12 teams in the region now were in 5B last year, the last two years. They've just flipped over to 5C. Clover Hill, Deep Run, Douglas Freeman, Glenn Allen, Hermitage, Highland Springs, J.R. Tucker, L.C. Bird, Meadowbrook, Mills Godwin, Midlothian, Prince George. Now in 5C. Highland Springs has to be considered a prohibitive favorite in terms of football. Now, L.C. Bird, uh, in, the, in the world of boys basketball, looks and sees Verina moving down to class four and that gives them an opening they look at what's left and go oh okay all right we do what we do and and we have a good chance to to win this region and move forward but there's always a couple of teams that jump up during a basketball season Highland Springs is still there uh Douglas Freeman is always talented Hermitage goes up and down who knows what may happen there. Prince George can come up and snap you too but for the purposes of football I think Highland Springs is certainly the big favorite in that region. The question is going to be which of the other schools are able to kind of jump up and beat the others that they have to play within that region itself in order to challenge Highland Springs or if they can't go to that extent clinch a number two bid for a home sea, a home game in the first round and, and the you know, opportunity to, as well, avoid Highland Springs going in, too. And I know a lot of you are here saying, well, Rob, you've already given Highland Springs the region title. No, I haven't. We don't know what's going to happen. We have no clue whatsoever. But if you just look at it on paper at this moment, Highland Springs is the definite favorite for football in this region. Now, they got to go out and win, and they have a, a very difficult schedule. I mean, they've got everybody from that opener uh, with the North Carolina team. They got Manchester the week after that. Martinsburg, West Virginia is coming down to do the game they were hoping to do as as the season opener in 2020. And it got COVID out. Um, And then on top of that, they got Colonial Forge coming in the first night of October. So Highland Springs has got plenty of tests and, of course, big risk, big reward also. So we'll see what happens, and we'll see what team or teams are able to to jump into the fray and, and try to make a name for themselves and try to put a scare into Highland Springs. I'm looking at Prince George. I'm looking at Hermitage. I'm looking at Glen Allen. I'm looking at Douglas Freeman. Uh, you know, Midlothian, can they make the next step forward? Clover Hill, deep run, can they both bounce back? LC Bird, where are the Skyhawks of old? Are they coming back this year? So a lot of questions in 5C. Now, to, the, to me, I think, again, we're going to be covering this region more than probably any other in the area simply because of the dogfight there's going to be to try to get one of eight playoff berths in a 17-team region. Class 5, Region C, has 12 teams. Class 6, Region A, has 11. But Class 4, Region B, has 17. Here they are in alphabetical order. Atlee, Chancellor, Cortland. Denwiddy, Eastern View, George Wythe, Hanover, Henrico, Huguenot, King George, Matoaka, Mechanicsville, Monakin, Patrick Henry, Powhatan, Spotsylvania, and Verina. Now, at one time, this region was supposed to have 2021 20, teams, which would have been just insane. A compromise was reached with three schools, Louisa, Orange, and Western Albemarle, and they agreed to move to Region D out of Region B. So when we go to playoffs this year, Louisa will be playing teams from out west. Uh, RVA teams won't see Louisa until state tournament play. And of course Louisa has played a big role in this region football wise and their girls' basketball team is the defending class four state champions. So if Monikin wants to overcome Louisa, they're gonna have to wait, win their region, and see if they see them in the states, whether quarters, semis, or championships. And while I just thought of that, yes, state quarterfinal rounds in various sports are scheduled to return. This year, as is the full football schedule, which is 11 weeks to play 10 games with a five-game playoff schedule. So out of those 17 teams, which eight make the playoffs? Let me just summarize a few things for you. Dinwiddie is always a playoff presence. Last year, they just missed, but of course, they only took four. Eastern View is always in the mix. Hanover got better late last spring. I saw their comeback win over Atley to end the regular season, and I was very impressed with the improvement of play that I saw, and the majority of the contributors that night were underclassmen. Keep your eye on Hanover this year. Henrico is in flux. Uh, you you never know here they were going up and going up and going up and then a couple of years ago they took a step back and now the question with Henrico is is that are they going to be just kind of a middle-of-the-road team that beats the teams they should beat and loses to the bigger guns are they a five and five team or are they going to take that next step back up we'll see again Huguenot and George with who knows what with them because neither have played nearly two years King George the big surprise of the spring Uh, Now, they'll have a new quarterback, but the question will be, can King George stay with as well as they played back in the abbreviated spring season? Matoica, historically a slow starter and then maybe a big finisher. They can't get off to a slow start in this region. They open at Glen Allen Friday the 27th. Mechanicsville, middle of the 2010s, they were riding high. And the last few years, they have crashed. When will the turnaround begin on Route 360? Monican, Coach Jim Henderson, always has them ready. They are a perennial playoff contender and will be again. Patrick Henry, this is going to be a special season for them. That's senior class. Jaden Mines announcing he's going to James Madison. Coach Ken Wakefield uh, taking a team that it went 3-6 in 2018 and turned them into an almost Class 4 state finalist in 2019. Powhatan turned heads, including mine, back in the spring. They're going to be in the thick of it. And then there's Spotsylvania. And then, by the way, there's Verina. So you you basically, Louisa leaves the region, Verina moves in. So at the top, I mean, look at this. We're talking eight teams can make it in, all right? And if you're talking about perennial playoff contenders, Dinwiddie Eastern View. Okay, there's two. Let's put King George in there because of how well they did last year. Monikin's four. Patrick Henry is five. Verina's six. So then after that, you've got the Chancellors and the Courtlands. Can one of them pump, you know, get up and, and, and grab a spot? Uh, you've got Hanover, who improved greatly near the end of the season in, in, in the spring. You've got Powhatan, who turned heads. You've got Henrico, who knows with them. It's This is going to be a dogfight. Class four, region B. And for Hanover County schools, finally, for the first time in almost 10 years, when we get to the playoffs, all four Hanover County schools are in the same region, okay? No more three teams in one class and one in the other. The last two years, it's been Atley in Class 5 and the other ones in Class 4 after Mechanicsville moved down. Now they're all together. And it may not be as big of a deal in football, but I'm thinking especially when we get into the spring with baseball and softball, uh, it's going to be really, really interesting. But Region 4B, football-wise, is going to be crazy. Now, (laughs) quickly, the other regions. Region 3A, all they did was add Lake Taylor. (laughs) Yeah. So suddenly, not only does Hopewell have to deal with Lafayette, who won the region last year. In the spring season, I see Norcom, of course. New Kent had a good campaign as well. It looks to be good this year. But here comes Lake Taylor. Now you got to you got deal with the Titans when it comes to region play. And in Region 3B, Goochland doesn't see a whole lot of changing there. Caroline moves down. They were the 21st team in Region 4B. They, have, they requested to move down, and the VHSL gave them approval. And Culpepper comes in. So... Goochland still has the people like Brentsville District and James Monroe and Skyline and William Monroe to worry about Meridian, which used to be called George Mason. Um, Goochland, though, still looks pretty good in terms of at least a postseason bid there in Region 3B. And in 3A, Hopewell's going to be good and going to be fine, but at some point they're going to have to deal with Lake Taylor. In uh, Class 2, everything stays the same. Region A still has your King Williams and your John Marshalls and the Amelia and and and, and, Notaway and TJ, et cetera, et cetera. And Region 1A, there are no changes. Everybody is still the same there, too. Want in-depth analysis on all of that? Rvasportsnetwork.com. We have it at the top of the page. It's called the VHSL Shuffle 2021 edition. And it's going to bring some definite intrigue uh, into football and all the other sports here in 2021 and 22. All right, fans, coming up on the end of this first edition of In the Red Zone for the 2021-22 school year, we are hoping in the weeks to come to have uh, interviews with coaches and student athletes as part of our program as well. We'll get our preseason football poll ready for you in the next few weeks. And again, on Sunday, our next podcast will drop on Sunday the 8th, and we will announce our first radio game of the week uh, on Rejoice 101.3, as well as at rbasportsnetwork.com. And if you, uh, for some reason, fast-forwarded to the end of the podcast and missed it, our first online broadcast Thursday night, August 26th, Mechanicsville at Deep Run 645 will be the pregame 7 o'clock kick live and exclusively at rbasportsnetwork.com. Good to be back with you, everybody. Rob with them saying thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to join us on social media, wherever you may be. At the RVA Sports Net on Twitter and our satellite um, Twitter feeds, which cover hyper local coverage for the three suburban counties in Richmond, at Hanover Sports, at Henrico Sports, and at Chesterfield Sports, which is the letter C Field Sports. Find us as well on YouTube at RVA Sports Network, Facebook.com slash RVA Sports Network. And we're going to revamp our Instagram page. So get ready to follow us on Instagram again, Instagram.com slash RVA Sports Network. Rob with them saying thanks so much for being with us. We're excited for the season to come. Hope you're ready to join us all along the ride. And we'll talk to you again on the next edition of In the Red Zone this Sunday.